Developer News, episode number 72, for Friday, December 20th, 2013. I'd call this our holiday edition. Well, uh, it's crunch time here at Chariot, so uh, pretty much everybody uh, that plays in the Dev News with me is on uh, a project trying to get it done before the holidays. So um, it's just me. Uh, I do want to bring up a couple quick uh, good news announcements. I've been slaving over a hot website for a while, and that is now finally completely launched, as I had mentioned in the last show, and it's getting better every single day. The um, blogs, podcasts, and screencasts and presentations are all online now, and uh, so if you hit any of those sections right off the chariotsolutions.com page, you can get them. I also put little short links in for things like slash podcasts and such, and all my training is under what we do training, uh, and you'll see a lot of uh, training courses uh, that I put out there. One to mention and kind of get people thinking about uh, from a sponsor perspective, Chariot Training Services. We've got uh, some interesting stuff coming up in the new year. Specifically, uh, I'm working on some training on AngularJS that uh, I ran a pilot program for, and we'll be offering that probably at the beginning of February. So look for that on our website and on the announcements. Uh, on this particular podcast. Also, I also ran a pilot of an HTML5 course. Uh, Both of these are going to be one to two days in length. So uh, we'll be able to get to those and hopefully help you out if you're looking for training in that. So look for dates on our website under chariotsolutions.com under the what we do training section, or you can click training right off the homepage. All right, so enough of the sponsorship. Uh, You can learn all about us there at the website. Um, So let's talk about some news items. Okay, so the first news item. uh, This is a really interesting one. Uh, It turns out that Grace Hopper, who was the original uh, person who, I guess, put together the COBOL programming language. Um, She was a rear admiral admiral in the Navy, worked on one of the first computers, uh, actually worked on the Mark I at Harvard. And they said to her, you're going to operate this computer and you're going to write the manual for it. And she never knew how to do any of that stuff. She just jumped in. So she's kind of the quintessential roll up your shirt sleeves and get things done uh, software engineer. And in fact, one of the very first software engineers to uh, work on something that significant. Um, So Jamie Allen actually found this. Uh, She was on David Letterman back, I guess, in the in the 80s sometime. And uh, it's a real hoot. So if you're looking kind of the, the history of computers, which two of these things are, um, this is really a gem. It's maybe about five to ten minutes, and uh, you get a feel for what she's like. She's actually talking about things like uh, how long it took a computer to uh, send messages on wires in a microsecond. And she was lamenting the fact that the computers had to get faster and faster. So, you know, the maximum possible speed that uh, a message could travel through with a nanosecond, which was what they were working on, was this little maybe less than one foot uh, strand of wire. And she actually brought the wires in to show him. So it's really, a, it's a little gem. It's really enjoyable. And again, I have the link for that in our show notes. Uh, you could do a, also probably a uh, YouTube search of it and uh, look for you know, Grace Hopper, David Letterman, and you'd find it. And thanks to Jamie Allen for that one. Uh, since it's kind of like a break week for a lot of people, I figured you might, might have some time to watch another super crazy science fiction-ish gem. So we've talked a lot on the show about um, the kind of the, the, the history with Vannevar Bush uh, and with um, some of the other people uh, that helped create the first computers uh, and the first software languages. 
So Douglas Engelbart, who did die recently, and we talked about the dev news, um, he actually had this thing that was a huge demo uh, in San Francisco. And it was him and William English and a few other people on December uh, 9th or December 9th, 1968. So that's a year before I was born. Actually, no, it wasn't. It was only like about a month before I was born. So this is 43 roughly years old now. Um, but he actually demonstrated some of the very first uh, things we had talked about on the show, things like you know hypertext and using a computer as uh, a um, you know personal device for the first time, uh, working with outlining tools, working with um, keyboards and a mouse, and some really crazy looking, uh, looks like a macro button. It was like, it was like a little pad and it had three little, almost like cords on it, like um, tongues of a xylophone. And he would touch those and they would beep. I guess they would trigger functions, kind of, I guess, the first macros. Um, it's a fascinating demo. It's in black and white. Um, and it was done, I think, at the Moscone Center, or maybe that wasn't built yet, but it was some uh, center over in, I think, San Francisco. And he actually literally used the first mouse uh, and literally the first hypertext 40-some years ago. Uh, that's crazy. So uh, if you have an hour and some minutes, he's sitting there in a very futuristic uh, chair, kind of rocking side to side with a keyboard in front of him, almost leaning back, staring at this computer. It's just a fascinating, fascinating thing. And again, we'll have links to it on our show, which is at chariotsolutions.com slash devnews. Look for uh, devnews72. Google uh, recently announced an update to their Google uh, Drive Sheets features. Um, so Google Sheets is their spreadsheet in Google Docs. Um, so it turns out that uh, the new version of Google Sheets uh, supports large um, files uh, and additional amounts of storage works offline uh, and not only I think in Chrome either um, has now the ability to filter views where you can name save and share different views of your data that's really kind of interesting um, it also has uh, a calculation function help so and examples as well so as you're typing it can give you help on the functions you need um, really making it a lot more useful if you're trying to do statistical analysis or work on some formulas that you don't remember the syntax for. That's pretty nice as well. Uh, automatically, um, text will flow into empty adjacent cells. Uh, and if you go down with a cell to the right of it, it can actually wrap, which is pretty cool too. Um, you can actually do conditional formatting to automatically change colors and styles of cells. So let's say you were doing some sort of uh, watch list making an item list and you want to, as you completed an item by setting it to, you know, yes or complete or checking a box, you wanted to change the color of the row from red to green, you could do that. Um, they are saying here now that it's just uh, Chrome, but uh, uh, you can actually make edits uh, to sheets offline. And uh, it looks like you have to turn on a flip of a switch. But once you've done that, you can pretty much work offline and then you reconnect, it will sync it back up with Chrome as well uh, with Google Drive. And uh, to turn this on, you go to your Google Drive settings uh, in the Google uh, Drive site and turn on the Try the New Sheets box. Um, and so there's a whole website uh, spot on their Blogspot page for Google Drive. It's googledrive.blogspot.com, and I'm pretty sure it's the first one you'll see there. Yes, and so it actually has a nice video and a lot of little tiny mini animated demos as well. So hopefully that is useful if you're into cloud-based tools, which... I am really not touching Excel much at all. 
because of Google, uh, Google Docs and Google Sheets, now Google Drive. Uh, the next one uh, is live SQL exercises. Almost, almost sounds like live fire exercises, but um, uh, let's say that you're a developer who's mostly done, you know, front end work, and you know someone else has always done the back end stuff, and you feel that you want to learn. Um, I happen to be a huge fan of Postgres SQL. Postgres is probably the best open source database. It's got store procedures and triggers and all sorts of things that, that uh, advanced EVAs need. Uh, it can scale very well, but also um, it's just extremely um, uh, feature rich and powerful. And so um, they've got this nice little website, pgexercises.com. And in there, there are a number of exercises, uh, like for example, basic queries, uh, where you can learn how to uh, type in queries to execute things. So, you know, they have this read everything from a table. Uh, you can click on hint and it says, oh, well, you can use select star. Um, and uh, then you can you can take a look at the schema, have it pop up the schema for everything, run the query interactively, and show the answers. Uh, and so you can learn about SQL in a real interactive format against a live uh, Postgres SQL database without damaging anything. Um, you know, mostly it looks like it's queries, uh, and it looks like they're probably going to do uh, more advanced things in a later date. But uh, all these things, for example, the areas are things like you know going basic. Uh, queries, joins and subqueries, aggregates, uh, date processing, strings, and even recursives, which I'm guessing at this point uh, would be recursive on, on Postgres. Uh, and also, um, uh, there's a little getting started guide if you want to create the tables on your own system. So that's at pgexercises.com slash gettingstarted.html, or actually just pgexercises.com. And that's that piece. Um, and then uh, here's another interesting one, the smartest person in the room complex. This is more for uh, talking about uh, uh, personalities and working with other people. Um, this is by Mike Bouchong, uh, and that's on java.dzone.com. And, um, you know, it, there's there's a, a syndrome you can get into when you work with a lot of people that uh, um, you could be feeling like you're the smartest person in the room that everyone else is an idiot. Um and I know all of us have felt this way when we've gotten stressed out and, uh, you know, just started really thinking about the project that you're working on that, you know, if only other people could see, you know, that, that uh, I'm right. Um, you know, I found that I did that a lot when I was a lot younger, you know, maybe in my 20s and maybe early 30s, especially my early 30s. I think everyone kind of goes through that um, ego boost where they think that they, they know enough that they don't have to be told anything else. And I find personally, the older I get, uh, the less I assume to know. Um, so I'm sure this is something you could, that, that would be good grist for discussion, but have you ever felt that way? Um, hey, and in fact, you know, we've really made it easy for you to comment uh, on these articles. If you go over to the developer news page, um, we're going to enable comments on each of the blog posts um, for these uh, sites, for these actual um, shows at slash dev news. So if you want to comment, you can just go ahead we're using the discuss uh, commenting system, uh, D-I-S-Q-I-S, I think it is. And uh, you can sign up, set up an account, and you can comment on our site and do what you need to do. Another thing that we have is in our screencast, we just uh, added a few things. We'll kind of talk about some of this content now. So at chariotsolutions.com slash screencasts, um, we now have a, a couple of screencasts from the Data IO uh, show that we did back in October. Uh, or December, I'm sorry, November. Um, 
So for example, I'll, I'll just flip through some of these. Uh, we've got um, talks by uh, Grant Ingersoll on Next Generation Search with Lucene and Solar 4. We've got a screencast on Zookeeper from Camille Fournier uh, from Rent the Runway. And she talks about, she's a committer on Zookeeper, and she talks about how Zookeeper works. It's a, a engine that keeps servers running uh, and handles distributed processes, distributed tasks. Um, then we have our own Eric Snyder, uh, who spoke on Amazon Redshift, which happens to be a data warehouse from Amazon uh, Web Services. We then have Lars George, who just did a talk there on HBase. He is an HBase creator, I think, and committer, and he talked about how to scale out a cluster. So if you're getting started with HBase and you need to scale it up, this is a really good uh, project to look at. Um, then we have a talk by Lance Ball. Uh, he is a person at, um, um, I think, Red Hat, who um, is a committer to the JavaScript section of uh, Vertex, which is a distributed um, asynchronous event-driven application platform, which is like Node.js in that it supports JavaScript, but it's unlike it in that it runs on the JVM and it uses Netty for very high performance, and it's polyglot. You can run uh, your little application uh, scripts, which they call uh, verticals, you can run them in Java, uh, I think Groovy, Ruby, even Clojure and Scala as well. So if you're curious on how it actually works, um, there's a nice little application that he, he goes through and demonstrates, and he provides a, a nice demo there. So that's another screencast. We also have Claudia Perlick. Um, Claudia Perlick uh, is someone who uh, works for a company, used to be called uh, Media Six Degrees. I forget the name now. I apologize, Claudia. Um, but she's the chief data scientist there, and she talks about predictive modeling. We also have um, a Grant Ingersoll, who uh, is the creator of Mahout, uh, which is a machine learning platform from Apache, talking about Mahout 1.0. And we also have WebScale Processing, which is uh, talking about a lot of different technologies. He's a Hive and Cassandra author. He's a committer to Hive and PMC member. Um, big, big wig in that community. Uh, he talks about uh, a bunch of different technologies, Cassandra, Kafka, Storm, uh, and Hive, talking about, you know, what is real time really? And how do you get data from A to B in real enough time to process it? So what are some of the tools out there that you can use? Very powerful tools that he talks about. So anyway, I want to mention those screencasts. We also have some blogs. If you go to chariotsolutions.com slash blogs, uh, there's, uh, uh, there's some nice, um, actually, is it slash blog? I shouldn't be asking you this because you're a listener. Uh, it doesn't matter. It'll redirect a blog. But uh, if you go to the blog, we actually have a couple of new articles. Uh, Mark Schvetz uh, posted an article on the, uh, recently, Quality Software and Safe Refactoring Done Right. He talks about testing. Nicholas Kajak uh, wrote about Getting Things Done with Task Warrior. Task Warrior is an interesting tool. It's, um, it's a tool that you can install with Brew or sudo apt-get. Um, it's a command line uh, task manager. For example, you go to your shell and you say task list or ls, and it lists your tasks. Task add, task update, things like that. And so Nick goes through and has a really nice introduction to that. Uh, I played with that once. I really liked it a lot. And... Um, on the Mac, it works really well. Uh, I was looking to try to synchronize it with Android, and I couldn't uh, get the little sample synchronization server to work. Um, but I think in theory, you should be able to do that. And then it'd be nice to do that so I can actually do this from multiple places. 
But Task Warrior, especially if you work a lot on Linux systems and you just have work to do or Mac systems you have work to do and you like working in the command line and you want to keep track of things to do, take a look at uh, this blog post on Task Warrior on our chariotsolutions.com slash blog site. And also, uh, Steve Smith just posted one on Apple's new App Store submission requirements. It's interesting. They actually say that um, starting February 1st, 2014, new apps and any updates, this is a big piece of news, must be built with Xcode 5 and must be optimized for iOS 7 starting on February 1st. This must be them really forcing everyone to do uh, code against the latest APIs and driving people forward. I wonder if they'll relax these requirements if there are enough complaints, but Apple's not well known for doing something like that. Uh, so Steve gives you some tips on what to do there, what kinds of things to w watch out for. Um, and, uh, you know, so some good tips and tricks on that as well. All right. This being a holiday week and me giving you some interesting videos to watch, I will not keep you any longer. Uh, if you want to leave us feedback, now you can easily do so uh, by going right to the show at chariotsolutions.com slash devnews. If you want to see all of our podcasts, you can go to chariotsolutions.com slash podcasts. And you'll be presented with uh, a list of all of our shows. Actually, basically all of our shows uh, listed together with our latest ones uh, right there on the page. You can even play the shows right from the list page so you don't have to dig in deeply just to listen to them. So that's all there for you as well. Uh, and also you can always hit us on Twitter at, at TechCast. We would love to hear you. Uh, and you can hit me at, at KRimple as well. So that's it. So for Friday, December 20th, 2013. I'm Ken Rimple and make it a great week and a half. One note, I will be out next week. So there will not be any developer news until the 30th uh, or possibly later that week. But uh, once the new year rolls around, we'll be getting back to a weekly schedule. And that's it.